title to put into your bulletin on this morning sermon. You can put down, Faith Comes From Hearing. If you can help me announce that to your neighbor, help me preach this this morning. Say, tell them, Faith Comes From Hearing. We are looking in this 10th chapter of Romans, continuing learning how to live while in Rome. We find ourselves, as Paul does, excited about what Jesus has done for us. Paul writes this letter of jubilation, if you will, to the Israelites in Rome. To share with them, as you look in the first chapter, 16, verse, I am not ashamed of the gospel. He said, for it saves for the Jew and for the Greeks. I'm not ashamed of this gospel because it can save. If you look at that, it's sort of like you may be drowning and you are bragging before you got in the pool that you knew how to swim. But now you're drowning. Will you be ashamed if they threw you a lifesaver? You will not be ashamed because it can save. <laughs> so you will grab on to what can save you, what can give you life. And so Paul realized that I thought I knew it all. I thought I was a Pharisee among Pharisees. I, I'm a great Israelite. I thought I knew it all, but I found out I know nothing. Everything was garbage and compared to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so now that I know him, I'm not ashamed because of Jesus. And so we come up into this 14th verse of this 10th chapter, finding out in earlier that all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Isn't that good news? That if you confess with your mouth, you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and God rose him from the grave, you shall be saved. I, I don't know about you, but I just get happy with hearing that saved part. There's, there's a song, you know, I sang it before. It's just simple verses. It goes, it's so glad I'm saved. I, I don't know about you, but when I wake up in the morning, I, I get excited that I am saved. I'm, I'm trying to get with the test, but my soul just got excited. It's thinking about that I'm saved. And why am I saved? Because God revealed himself in Jesus Christ to redeem the world. Jesus, while on earth, trained his disciples to be apostles, to proclaim his word, to lead all to saving faith. As he said, go and make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. He said, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. And what I like at the end, he says, and lo, I will be with you all the way. And so this word he told them to go out will bring faith. If you look closely there, that I said he trained his disciples to be apostles. To understand what it means to be apostles, you have to understand what that word means in the Greek. In the Greek, the word basically definition, if you look up that word, it means to send out. Y'all missed it. To send out a messenger, an ambassador. And so Jesus trained his disciples so that they could go out. Some of us are calling ourselves to be disciples, but we never went out. I, I don't know about you, but in order to graduate class, you got to get out that class. And so if you graduate, then you get out. 
And when you get out, you're supposed to use the wisdom, the knowledge you have gained by being in that class. Jesus sat with them, let them know that you can't be in my school all this time because I got to go. And when I go, that means you graduated. <laughs> and I'm going to give you a certificate, if you will, <laughs> a proof of your graduation. What's that certificate? The Holy Spirit. He said, I'm going to give you power from on high, the advocate, my helper, to help you out in this great gospel. We see it here that there, this is where now Paul brings us, us up to the message is for all by the choice of God to share with all. That's why he told him go out into the world because, you know, Jesus is a Jew. He had disciples who were Jews, but yet the Jews rejected him. And so he opened it up to the Gentile. That's why they got upset talking to a Samaritan woman. That's why the, the woman came from India asking about how the, even the dogs, hello, somebody, get from the table. She says, look here, Lord, I know you, Lord, and you can bless See, anyhow, and, and then it went on that we see that Jesus told them to be my disciples in, in Acts 1 and 8 in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the outer parts of the world. And so then we look in this process that they need to hear. So how were they here, right? How, how then were they call on him whom they have not believed? How would they believe in him who would they have not heard? How would they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news of good tidings. That is found in Isaiah. And you look at the 52nd chapter, the 7th verse. We see that is, and you look closely at that, that chapter and that verse is leading up to the suffering servant. And it's pointing out that I am proclaiming the good news that is coming to Israel and how blessed are the feet that stand up on high bringing the good news. It's pointing out that when you are a messenger, you're blessed. Blessed are the feet that bring good news. You understand that people may curse you, they may be against you, but God's going to bless you. When I, when I think about it, that, that song came to my mind, bless my going out and my coming, because I'm going out by my father's business, and, and he is happy to bless me as I do his business. And catch how good my feet are, that when those who rejected me, he said in that time that you just dust your sandals off. <laughs> Basically, in my mind's eye, saying, your feet too good to mess with them. So go ahead and clean them up and go on to the next cities. It's pointing out that we should go out with excitement telling somebody about Jesus. We talk about how I, I have power and we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but powers and principalities and authorities on high places. And I put on the whole armor of God, but some of us have forgot to put on our shoes. Says our shoes are shattered or fitted with the gospel of peace. That means everywhere I'm go, I'm bringing peace. How, how, how can I bring peace? Well, I'm going to talk about the Prince of Peace. <laughs> I'm going to talk about the God of Peace. I'm going to talk the one that says, "If you have me, you have peace," because He said He will keep you in perfect peace if you keep your mind. Stay on him. Isn't that good news? He says that he will give us peace that transcends all understanding by guarding our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. God will give us peace. 
And so in this peace that we should be grasping onto, that we need to go somebody else so that they can hear the message and that they can have faith. Because faith comes from hearing. But now look at the argument Paul breaks down. Paul's saying, well, now that, that sounds good, right? If you hear, you can believe, you can accept it. But, so therefore, those who have not believed it, they must not have heard it. Sounds logical, doesn't it? That if, not, if they have not heard it, then, then, not, then they, they cannot believe. And if they have not heard, they cannot believe. Then God cannot condemn them because they have not heard. Mm. So Paul said, let me shoot down this philosophical argument right now. <laughs> Look what he says then. Look what he says then. Now, he goes on and saying, look, says, says that to preach is to proclaim the good news of the Lord. The message to lead people to repentance and saving faith. So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Now, this leads to the three arguments we're going to look into about how we, we may object, how people may receive salvation through the message being proclaimed. When he looks at 10, chapter 16, verse, it says, Lord, who has believed our report? Pointing out that those who heard it did not believe it. Y'all see that right there? There's people that don't believe what they hear. We have a lot of people that go by what Missouri State stands for, right? Show me. I heard what you said, but I got to see it for myself. I, I don't trust you in the world. But Jesus says, Thomas, blessed is you that believe by seeing, but blessed are those who believe but not Hello, somebody. Now, the righteous walk by faith, not by sight. Uh, I, I want you to grab here that my faith comes from hearing, but even if I can't see it, I'm going to trust in the Lord. So look at how Paul answers his own argument coming from the 19th chapter Psalm, verse 4. says, the voice has gone out into all the earth and the words to the ends of the world. The heavens declare the glory of the Lord as pointed in Romans 1, 19 to 20, because that which is known about God is evident within them. For God made it evident to them, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood though through what has been made so that they are without excuse. Tell your neighbor they're without excuse. They will say, I have not heard, but you're going, all you got to point out that the tree's talking to you. How's the tree talking to me? Let's look at evidence here. Did you plant that tree? No, I did not plant that tree. Well, where did it come from? They might come out, they think they're clever. Well, somebody must have planted it. Oh, we, you are so clever. That's so right. Well, where did they get that seed from? Now you run into trouble, right? Because the seed had to come from something. So somebody had to make something in order for something to be there. Let me bring it, let me bring it here. Some of y'all say, oh, you lost me on the seed and the tree aspect, the chicken and the egg. I don't get that stuff. Let me give you this. If you found, if you found a watch on the ground, would you say, look what the earth has produced? You will go ahead and come to the conclusion that somebody dropped that. Because it is too creatively and wonderfully made for something to come out, out of nothing and be put so well put together. Look at yourself in the mirror. As complex as you are, you came from a primate. Mm. Who are still swinging in trees. But all of a sudden, you know how to make cars? And they still swinging in trees? 
pointing out that God creatively designed anything and everything, and without him, nothing was made. And for us to look at the earth and try to say, I am responsible, I created this, I control my destiny, even when they keep on looking out in space, they find more space. And catch this, God is still bigger than space. They talk about how big the Milky, the Milky, uh, Milky Way, the galaxy is, but there's other galaxies larger than that one. But God is still bigger than that. I don't know about you, but that blows my mind. So I'm without excuse to say that there is no God. I have not heard anything when the earth and the heavens proclaim of his goodness. Every morning I look up, I see the S-U-N that's showing me that God is alive. Because the Bible says that he made a greater light and a lesser light. We call it the sun for our vernacular and our understanding. But God said, I just made light. And why we misunderstand that sun part, because the sun name came from a God. But God is letting them know. You look back in Psalm 19, you look back, God says, I created the heavens where the sun makes its home. He's making them out there. Y'all may be worshiping this thing to ask a God, but I want you to know what you're worshiping, I made. So you ought to worship me, because even the heavens and the earth proclaim that I'm good. And it goes throughout the earth. So they're not without excuse, they have not heard, because God is speaking through his creation. Aren't you glad that God reveals himself? He makes himself known. The second argument to look into about how it's fallacious uh, 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 as well is that the Lord revealed himself to Israel and they refused to obey and or listen. Paul quotes in Romans 10:19 from Deuteronomy, if you look there, that they have made me jealous with what is not God. They have provoked me to anger with their idols. So I will make them jealous with those who are not a people. I will provoke them to anger with a foolish nation. I don't know about you, but I was a fool before. I'm a, I'm a fool now. Help me out for a moment. I, I was a fool because I did not know God. Now I'm a fool for God. How we say I will play a fool for somebody we love? Well, I love the Lord. And I'll play a fool for him. I'll so enough will do anything he asked me to do. But look at Israel. They refuse to listen and worship God and worship other gods, which provoked God to anger. So God would show them he is Lord by making them jealous with those that were not his people. Y'all catch that? No, no, no. The, the, the audience that Paul writes his letter are Israelites, and he's giving them the argument, pointing out that when you rejected him, you opened up the door for God to bless somebody else. And so a foolish nation, God would choose to show his glory. This highlights as well as how Jesus was not accepted by the Sanhedrin, the Jewish council, and the Jews. And they thought he was, what he was doing was foolish to die on the cross. But Jesus still reached out to the Jews and to the Gentiles while he was on the cross, saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. 
we see here that Jesus was showing us that he came to die for us, to set us free. We see here that they did not receive him, they rejected him, but Jesus still had arms opened up to receive them. And what is pointing out when you look to the next part of that verse is that God made himself available to a foolish nation. You catch it closely here that you are a fool when you do not know God. Go back. Many of you are in Sunday school looking at Proverbs. When they talk about a fool, they're talking about someone who does not acknowledge God for who he is and worship him as the true and only God. They are a fool. But the wise know God as the living God, as the only God as a true God and worship him and they look to him for instructions and directions but a fool makes a creation that has ears and eyes but cannot see cannot hear and has arms and hands but cannot reach and cannot touch but yet we serve a God that sits high but looks low who extends his arm in salvation and he can hear the cry of his disparate people and he can speak blessings unto them And so if you look closely here, I want you to grab that the Israelites had the awesome, living, awesome, mighty, magnificent God, but rejected him and went after other gods. If you go back and look in the text, it's kind of awestrucking that the Israelites were the main people that would abandon their gods while the other ones would stay true to their false gods. They would stay true to their false gods that would always leave them abandoned, but they would not trust the living God. That's why when you look at Noah, I'm sorry, not Noah, Jonah, they prayed to their God looking for help. Jonah did not pray. Y'all missed it. Jonah knew why he was in trouble, and he knew who the real God was. They were looking for salvation through a false God. And they found that they stuff not working. They looked at this old heathens in their eyes. How come you're not praying to your God? Where you come from means where you come from. Do you have a God? What's going on? Because they knew gods by nations. He told them where he came from. I serve a God that's over what you're praying about. He said, I'm old. my God is over the heavens and the earth and the sea. And they're looking, but why aren't you talking to him then when you don't, you not see the earth and the heavens and the sea causing us problems? How's it that this great mighty prophet is just like us, knows what God is capable of doing? But in times of adversity, time that it goes against what we have imagined, what we have thought that we reject God. And so then God makes himself available to those who do not know him. Because on that same boat, it says they left worshiping God. uh, Jonah went to the nation that did not know God, and they too worshiped God. And look what happened. Jonah became jealous. He was provoked to jealousy, seeing the favor that God placed on that nation. And what God is doing, he says, I want you to see how much I can bless them. Guess what? I can do the same for you. Some of us may get jealous when somebody gets blessed across the street, uh, across your neighborhood. They, they end up getting a raise. They come home with a new car. They're adding on to their house. They, they retire. I heard a preacher said it this way, that if somebody is getting blessed in your neighborhood, you ought to get excited. Because that means God's in the neighborhood. 
So your house might be next. So stop worrying about what they're doing, but say, Father, am I pleasing you? Am I surrendering to you? Am I proclaiming your truth? Am I walking by faith, not by sight? Am I ashamed of your gospel, or am I unashamed, Almighty God? Do I boldly stand on your truth, or do I bow and tower when somebody comes with a lie? But, Father, I pray that I stand boldly on rock, because Jesus Christ is a solid rock. I stand all other ground is, is sinking sand. Uh, you see here how God makes himself available. Paul quotes Isaiah 65 and 2, and he says, And just in Israel, so I was found by those who did not seek me. I became manifest to those who did not ask for me. And look, it is all the day long I have stretched out my hand to a disobedient and obstinate people. I want you to grab here that Isaiah 65, 2 says, I spread out my hands all day long to a rebellious people walking away, which is not good, following their own thoughts. God's mighty arm is able to save. But yet we have people who have refused to hear him. They have been obstinate. That means they just outright rebel. Is outright rebellion. I, I don't know about you, but I can just use myself as an example. That I was absent to my parents. I just outright rebel. Sam, don't go outside. Bye. Sam, clean up your room. No. Obstinate. Just outright rebel. Heard what they said, but I knew I was going to do the other thing. But yet, if you look here, that our God is, is, is long in suffering. Did we not talk about that? You look early in the 10th chapter that he's unfailing in love. He's long-suffering. He's merciful. He has compassion on whom he chooses to have compassion on. We who are against him, he chose to have mercy on us. And so if we have experience and have knowledge of this mercy and this grace, how much more we need to go tell somebody else of this good news? We need to realize that there's some people out there dying because they have not heard the good news of Jesus Christ. And you probably waited on the pastor to say, come to my church. But the opportunity is right there. When you have an opportunity to say, come to my church, you also have the opportunity that says, do you know Jesus? You have the opportunity that says that Jesus has saved my life. You have the opportunity to say, can I pray with you or for you? You have the opportunity to say, can I share with you what I've learned in Sunday school or in Bible study? You have the opportunity to say, I read my daily bread this morning, and this is what truth I gleaned from. You have the opportunity to say, this is one of my favorite memory verses that helps me when I feel like you feel today. You have the opportunity to say that no matter what's going against me, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You have the opportunity to say, the Lord is the present help in the time of trouble. You have the opportunity to say, he is the king of glory. He is Lord God Almighty. You have the opportunity to say, he is the prince of peace. He is my shield and my armor. You have the opportunity to say he is a line of the tribe of Judah. You have the opportunity to say he is my all in all. You have the opportunity to say that Jesus saves. And right there, they can have a change in their lives. As much as you, many of us may go and want to get our mani-pedis, get a manicure and a pedicure, get your hands and your feet looking nice, I'll tell you one thing, makes your feet look real beautiful. Blessed are the feet. Blessed are the feet. Blessed are the feet that bring the good news. Blessed are the feet 
that bring the good news. Some of y'all may have corn, may have a gout, may have problems with your feet, but still your feet can be blessed. Come on, y'all, y'all, y'all missing it. Blessed are the feet that bring the good news of the Lord. Because when your feet are blessed, it's amazing what happens when God starts blessing everywhere you go. <laughs> you start getting favor falling upon you. You get blessings that come upon you. That when those who have a, a downward countenance and don't want to hear the word, God blesses you with favor that you can come to them and let them know that there's a, a Savior that died and bled for them so they can be set free. Because blessed are the feet. And how are they here? How are they here? How are they unless a preacher is sent? You have been sent. Tell your neighbor, you've been sent. Go ye therefore. Go ye therefore. And make disciples. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And teach them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I will be with you until the ends of the earth. You have been sent out. To go proclaim the truth so that lives can be changed. Let us take that charge. Father, we come right now, oh God, to be your servants, to worship you, to magnify you. Father, we desire to proclaim your truth to all that hear it, Almighty God. Father, Lord, we pray that we will be unashamed of your truth, that we will proclaim it to, to Jews and Greeks, to all that come across our paths, that our life will be light, almighty God, and not dark in this world. Father, we pray right now as we are praying out for the city that, God, we will be a living testimony, that we will be a living witness, that we will be a light in this world, and we will be the salt of this earth. Father, transform us, almighty God, minister to us. Lord, there might be someone here right now, God, who does not know Jesus. But, Lord, we thank you that all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So, Father, I pray right now that they confess with their mouth and they believe in their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he did die on the cross and rose from the grave, O oh, Father, and they give their life to you. And, Father, we thank you, God, that you will bless them with the gift of the Holy Spirit. And, Father, we pray that you will lead them to this fellowship, that we can continue to disciple them. And grow them so they, they too can go out and teach others about who you are. Because faith comes from hearing and from hearing the word of God, of Christ our Lord, our Savior. Amen. 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 We send a hand to the disciples, say there's someone here. Looking for a church home, there's someone here.